If I could assign an image to Mexico, it would be a human heart, beating, bleeding, ready to burst. If the U.S. is gray or blue, Mexico must be red or orange, burning with emotion and ordering on gaudy. For example, on the show La Academia, the Mexican version of American Idol, the contestants sing on a stage surrounded by water. Dolphins leap into the air. At times, the singers become so overcome with emotion that they throw themselves into the water, still singing. And so when I think of Cynthia, my feelings float around in the landscape of Mexico, her name drawn out across the sky with airplane smoke letters, or sung with the dramatic swipe of some Latin-sounding chords on the guitar. Cynthia, I love that you don't love me. Cynthia, I'd walk through the desert to find you roses. Cynthia, everyone needs someone to dream about. Cynthia sold silver jewelry in Tepotzlan, which was a neighboring town to Cuernavaca where I lived. Sometimes I would take the bus there and sit with her while she did this. To get to the bus, I had to make my way through the main market. I had to patiently wade through the long hallway of people selling batteries, shoes, belts, and alarm clocks. My body pressed up against a sea of other bodies. I had to go past the pirated DVDs, pushing all the way to the part that smelled like fresh basil and tangerines and sweat. The ticket cost 15 pesos. The ride was an hour long. Once I finally got there, I usually regretted going. Cynthia and I didn't have much to talk about, and sometimes I felt like I was bothering her. There were always men coming by just to flirt with her. A British guy came by once and bought some expensive earrings. He asked her about the book she was reading and acted really awkward trying to come up with things to say. What a loser, I thought. And then I realized I'd been sitting there for the last two hours, acting awkward, trying to think of things to say. And this is how it mostly went with us. 90% awkward, 10% wonderful. I would sit on the curb beside her, smoking, shifting my weight around, looking at my feet. I wanted to grab her and say, hey, I'm interesting, I'm funny. If you could know me in my language, you would like me. Around six, she'd pack up for the day and we'd ride the bus home together, or she'd find some friends in town to hang out with. Once we rode on a moped with this hippie kid up into the hills of Tepotzlan to his house. There were three of us on the moped and he was driving like a maniac up the dirt roads. Wild dogs were chasing us. I liked it anyway because Cynthia kept saying, hold me tighter. And we rode up into the lush green hills of the town, up and up to where you could see the valley below and the clouds making storms above a blue-green sea in his cinder block house in the mountains, the hippie kid put on reggae music and they talked and laughed at jokes I didn't understand. I sat awkward and inanimate in my beanbag chair, absorbing the array of psychedelic posters. Buddha with fractals and marijuana leaves fanning out behind him, Bob Marley hitting a spliff. It was comforting to know hippies had the same posters no matter where you might be in the world. The boy heated up some tortillas in a small microwave and we ate them rolled up with lime and salt. I thought he seemed annoyed that I was around. 
He probably liked Cynthia too, but she treated him with the same flirtatious indifference as everyone else. Cynthia was friends with Jimena, the woman I lived with. That's how we met, and that's how we first kissed, because Jimena forced us all into playing spin the bottle. Then later we all went to sleep, me in my bed and Cynthia in a different bed on the other side of the room. When the lights were out and the room was dark and still, she said to me in English, Good night. Good night, Cynthia, I said back, and I lay there, wishing I could figure out a way to accomplish the impossible task of getting from my bed over to hers, wondering if there was even the slightest chance that she wanted me there, when suddenly, out of the hot darkness, she said to me, Katie, Ven. I went to her in her bed, and we lay there, our faces close together, our legs entangled. She told me she liked kissing me in the game, and then she kissed me again. We kissed again and again and again, and she said, I could kiss you forever and not get tired of it. But as it turned out, she could only kiss me for about two more weeks before she was pretty well over it. And I was left there so starry-eyed, finding myself writing her name inside of hearts during my Spanish lessons, taking the bus to Tepotzlan. She was such a mystery, so inconsistent. Sometimes on our way home on the bus, she'd hold my hand secret-like so none of the old cowboys and tired families could see. We'd talk quietly as the bus rattled through the blue dusk. Then other days, she'd stare out the window, cold and distant. Eventually, this ambiguity became too hard to bear. In another language, in another culture, I needed something to hold on to. I wrote her a letter in Spanish all about how I felt. When she read it, she looked at me and said, What the hell are you talking about? She really said it just like that, but in Spanish, and she laughed. Maybe I hadn't explained myself right in the letter. Then she stopped coming by. I didn't have a phone, and neither did she. I didn't know where she lived, so I couldn't find her. And so Cynthia left my life as quickly as she had come into it. And I'm sure she doesn't miss me. And I'm sure she doesn't often recall that night when we first kissed. How did I ever let that one slip away is what I bet she doesn't think to herself longingly. Find Cynthia. Be that way. See if it stops me from thinking of you when I listen to the catchy, heartfelt anthems of Mexico, or when I daydream of your country, so far away now, with its blood-red heartbeat, where dolphins leap. I know it was me all along with my heart on my sleeve, so I'll be red and you be blue. But Cynthia, everyone needs someone to dream about, even you. Pobre niña rica, ya no llores más, tú tienes todo, todo en el mundo. That story was written and produced by Katie Mingle, with help from Snap Judgment's own Nick Vanderkolk. A version of it originally aired on the show Resound, which you can find at thirdcoastfestival.org. Mm-hmm.